0: Cheers! Sure. to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's going to pay you $5,000 for a tickle <laughs> video. <laughs> I mean, it is. That's the good price, man. buddy. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 68 Quiz Show, and we got to talk about this right off, Pete. How much for a tickle video from you? Just what? Be- How much for a tickle video? No, that's there's I'm, no amount of money. No amount of money? None? Yeah. yeah. $10,000. No. $15,000. No. $1 million. No. You would not do a tickle video for a million dollars? Yeah. I would pay somebody $5,000 to do a tickle video. What? Just that it would mean somebody was touching me. <laughs> God, you're a weird dude. Man. I am a weird dude. Uh, and this was a crazy episode. So much emotion going on. So many insane things There's going on. Way too much stuff. Okay, stop hitting my bed. I got to tell you, uh, can Why we start would you off, share that? What? Hitting my bed? Yeah, that we're in your bedroom. That we watch weird. this on my bed? <laughs> yeah, that was super weird that you said that. But it's true. That's yeah. how we did it. I People think, need, don't need to know that. I think they need to know the context that I think for the first time <laughs> I watched Riverdale live next to you. Yeah. That was loud, Pete. What was loud? You. <laughs> you're, loud. You're not, what did you think I was going to be like? I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Respectful of the material. No. You were just shouting all the time. You were that's, like. That's how no. I watch this." Oh, fucking Jughead. Oh, Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do it, Jughead. Yeah. Oh, God. I, uh, it's the first
1: time you've ever witnessed Well, I've got to see movies with you and stuff yeah, it's the same thing I mean, usually like I yell at movies I yell at the TV
0: This it's- is why you miss things, though Is because you're yelling Jughead over everything I don't care You go to see, uh, I don't know, Parasite in the movie theater You're like, oh, fucking Jughead He's not in that I mean, that's why it's weird that you're yelling that Okay Let's get into this podcast. I'm sure we're going to talk about this a whole lot more. Lots of stuff going on in ye old town God, of dude, Riverdale. Betty can't get a break, man. <laughs> she can't get a break. Stop going crazy. Just sit down here on I'm my not, bed. I'm not going to sit down. Lay down here no. with me. Get comfy under the no. covers. And let's tape this <laughs> podcast, buddy. <laughs> come so on. It's so weird. Just <laughs> chill out.
1: Oh, man. You're, Justin, I, we need you, man. <laughs> Justin, come back.
0: Justin is probably losing his shit at the end of the episode oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, he is. Uh, okay, so a brief bit of recap. Lots of stuff going on in the town of Riverdale. Jughead Jones is attending a elite school called Stonewall Prep. For some While stupid there, reason. Well, he's getting a lot of benefits. He's He's been not born. getting
1: any benefits. He's he's, l- he's 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 about to get murdered. He All he does is yeah. a pawn in uh, this rich kid bullshit uh, school.
0: We're going to get to that because there's a pretty big clue that's dropped in this episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's a pretty big clue. But we'll get there in a moment. Uh, lots of stuff to talk to. For let me finish this recap. I hate doing these recaps. You force me to do them, <laughs> oh, so fuck I want to. I want to just get Go through this yourself. here. All right. Uh, so uh, Jughead is attending Stonewall Prep. As a result of that, he has gotten into Yale University. Something he hasn't told his girlfriend Betty Cooper yet. He also always is, tell your girlfriend. Always tell your girlfriend when you get into Yale. Every time <laughs> that I've gotten into Yale, I have told my girlfriend. Good. All of my girlfriends. So what? What? You're married. i don't, don't try Honesty to... is the important policy. Yes. I tell my wife about my girlfriends that I'm telling about you. <laughs> We're very open about this. Okay. We have an open Yale marriage. <laughs> we have an open enrollment marriage.
1: All right. Get back to the stupid recap. You're the
0: one that keeps interrupting, bud. Uh, so he is writing a series of books called the Baxter Brothers novels. He's the latest ghostwriter there. He won that from Mr. DuPont, who is, it's I don't all know. a trap. The headmaster of Stonewall, maybe just as English teacher, slightly unclear, doesn't really matter that much, uh, but Mr. DuPont is running this class along with Jughead's roommate, And greatest frenemy, Brett Weston-Wallace, who's a total douchebag, really has a thing in for Betty. One might even say has a thing for Betty if you want to read a little subtext going on there. They clashed last episode uh, over the Riverdale High versus Stonewall prep football game. And as a result, Betty pitched Mr. Honey, the principal of Riverdale High, that they should form a quiz ball team and go up against Stonewall in the quiz competition. Right? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. what? Come on, let's keep going. Uh, with this also bullshit. a couple of other things with Betty. She has a mother called uh named Alice. Alice works at the local news station. Horrible out- mother. Oh, not always. She tries her best. Nope she tries her best. She also has a father uh, who was the Black Hood, a notorious serial killer in Riverdale. He died. He was killed by Penelope Blossom, who was Cheryl Blossom's mother. That doesn't really play into this episode too much, surprisingly. Though Penelope Blossom... It does play in this episode. Well, Penelope Blossom was living in the walls of Thistle House, Cheryl's home. Uh, And so Cheryl, rather than turning her into the police because uh, Penelope had killed a bunch of people, instead locked her in a sex bunker. Meanwhile, Cheryl formed an alliance with Veronica Lodge, now calling herself Veronica Luna, who is running a rum business based on her father's rum business. She wants to take down her father, Hiram Lodge, who is the mayor of Riverdale at his own game, which is rum. And she came up with a deliciously delectable idea last episode, which is why not take her rum and mix it with Cheryl Blossom's maple syrup to make some maple rum. Mmm. I mean, that sounds pretty good. It we'll does. get to some gross stuff later on in the episode. Uh, so that's what's going on with him. Also, Veronica runs several other businesses, including <laughs> Pops tider and Le Bon Nuit, which is an underage drinking club. Uh, so those are a couple of things going on with her. Uh, now, there's also Archie Andrews. Archie Andrews just met his Uncle Frank, who is his brother's, sorry, uh, his father's brother. Uh, Uncle Frank seems a little less than scrupulous, I think unscrupulous even. Uh, he had a little bit of a drug problem seemingly. Uh, he was in the army dealing with some PTSD. But uh, Archie's really looking for a kind of a father figure is what's yep. going on here. What else do we need to know? Tony Topaz is also a character on this show, as is Kevin Keller. Uh, Kevin Keller hasn't been on the show for a while. And so it's nice to see him back. It's very nice to see him back. Also, previously... Turns out he was officially, I guess, dating Fangs Fogarty, a member of the Southside Serpents. They were kind of married by a cult. It was a little unclear. Uh, we don't get more clarity in this episode, but it turns out they were in a relationship, so that's nice. So with that all out of the way, I'm sure there's more things to do, but let's jump into it, Pete, because the show also jumps into it for the second week in a row. No previously on, no time on Riverdale. There's Gotta get no right time. into it. I'll tell you what, I like this.
1: Me too. Yeah. I hate it when people waste time recapping. Ooh. It's nice when people get right to it. That was very pointed uh, and I'm
0: mad. Good. You know uh, what? You get out of my bed. Good.
1: Uh, so uh, classic winter is coming. Start here where we got Jughead doing the voiceover. He's oh. like
0: winter is coming. I thought for a second you were doing a Game of Thrones thing, which I know you don't like Game of Thrones. Right. But it was literally, he said winter is coming. He did say that. Okay. Uh, So winter is coming. Of course, it was probably fall last episode, perhaps, Mm -hmm. uh, because they are finishing up the football season. Uh, Now we're going into winter. I I do like this. I like the idea of, like, we have built it to the show that Jughead is the narrator, so why not get past the previously on and just have him chat about stuff? So that's pretty cool. Uh, We got some prep scenes where the Stonewall team and the Riverdale team are getting ready for the quiz show. On the Riverdale, so on the Stonewall team is the regular Stonewall Farr. We got Brett Weston-Wallace. We got Donna Sweet. Uh, We got Joan and Jonathan, the only four characters that we've really seen at Stonewall. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on the Riverdale side, you got the ladies. You got Betty. You got Veronica, You got Cheryl and Tony all on the team together. Hell, yeah. Very fun. Like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Uh, And then we jump over to Archie. Now, uh, how do you want to take this? Do you want to jump through everybody's individual storylines? Sure. Uh,
1: starts off with uh, which I thought was a little too soon. Uh, uncle wearing flannel in Ooh, Archie's God. house. Oh, that was rough. That fuck that man. You you don't fuck
0: that. No, you don't I, get to wear flannel in the fucking Archie household. So uh, I mean, it's uh, not the Archie household because as far as we know, he's sleeping at the community center. Though he seems to be back in his house mysteriously. Right. Uh, but I love this move dramatically. Where Archie walks into the kitchen and he sees a guy in flannel making breakfast, and the way KJ Alpa plays he it, he just like stops and uh, has a moment, gutting because he thinks it's his dad, of course, and then he realizes that's ridiculous, of course not, it's Uncle Frank, but it all happens on his face, which I thought was very nice. No. Uh, and then he, I thought it was sacrilegious, but it's you nice. thought it was sacrilegious? Yeah. Did you think because it was breakfast, maybe it was sacrilegious? Whoa. I mean, that's a Simpsons reference right there. Cool. Uh, so he pauses. He sees Frank making breakfast. He's like, hey, you're going to come work in Andrew's Construction. Hands up the tool belt. No, not just ain't too, but hands his dad's two butt, which is
1: also sacrilegious. You, just you, don't are, give, you don't give another man. I just a- want to
0: clarify. It's a tool belt, not a two butt, which is what I think you said. No. Oh, yeah. You're going to correct me. Motherfucker, you stumble over shit all the time. I do, but I just if people want to listen to something, I want to make sure they don't think that he hands up a two butt. Yeah, it's two buns. It's his dad's tool tool belt
1: <laughs> and uh I don't know why <laughs> got I you. yeah. Uh, uh, but man. I thought that was uh Should
0: I stand up to you? Sh- too? Should we face off against each other? Yeah, other I just think that pit?
1: like I just think it was it's a, Archie, I get it you need a dad figure but you're jumping in a little too quickly here, dude. Slow your well, roll. Well, but that's what
0: he does. I mean, to jump to the sure. end of the episode, that's what Tom Keller tells him where he's like, "I get it. You know, you want somebody to replace your dad." You're very trusting, but you got to be less trusting. And I don't think Archie's ever going to get there because he's Archie Andrews, classic comic book character, uh, and he's a puppy dog. We've talked about that always, but you know, yeah, we'll see. I'm just saying, if your mom says he's a piece
1: of shit, and everyone around you says your uncle's a piece of shit, maybe not just like him immediately. But he has
0: flannel and he has a beard. It's basically his dad. That's fucked up. It is pretty fucked up. Uh, so he has some of the tool belts. Uh, and then uh, the main conflict of this plot line, excuse me, plot line, don't you dare... Do, <laughs> just, just because I made fun of you for five yeah, solid exactly minutes for saying yeah. two butts? Yeah. Uh I'm allowed to mispronounce things, all right? Yeah, sure. Just cool, cool. How's it you feel, feel let, let me live my truth. <laughs> uh, so the main uh, thrust of this plot line is Tom Keller has been working... As I guess the foreman. Yeah. It's like and a then Archie unclear. shows
1: up, fires him. It's like, my uncle's running shit now. Everybody, let's get to work. Right.
0: It's basically the inmates running the asylum here. Like, Tom yep. Keller, I don't know what his job is. I didn't know he was working at Andrews Construction. Well, he had to do something after being sheriff. Well, he wasn't sheriff anymore. And then he was working as some sort of kids' boxing consultant. Yep. And then also a sheriff's consultant. Yep. But then at some intervening time, he ended up working, I guess, at Andrews Construction, construction doing yeah. the books. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's pretty upset about it. He's like, I can't believe you walked in. I can't believe you fired me. This is ludicrous. Uh, and uh, he points out that the books are totally in disrepair. But Frank don't care. Frank don't care. Frank don't care at all. Dude, he's
1: got a hot tip. He's going to make all the money back. It's not like he lost it all on gambling.
0: Well, but also Frank is just inviting the construction dudes back to the Andrews Instead house, of working, drinking, hanging out, telling stories. Where's Mary Andrews? Where is
1: she? She's angry upstairs.
0: She's, she's she's is. hiding. Yeah, in a if room you don't in a like
1: if you don't like somebody, you're not going to
0: hang downstairs with them. Do you think she's playing Minecraft with Jellybean? <laughs> I hope <laughs> That's so. she is. She's over at Jellybean's. They're upstairs playing Minecraft. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I mean, sh-
1: pers- it would be great if Molly Ringwald would have walked out and broken a beer bottle over his head because he
0: deserves that. Right, and just put it up to his neck? Yeah. It was like, you fucking get out get of here, up, piece get of up. shit. I'm going to kill you. I don't care if this goes above the ratings of the CW, you <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to cut your neck. (laughs) I'm going to give you a crimson necktie, shouts Mary. Too far? That was too far? (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Using some old-timey mob (laughs) language is too much for you. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Frank is going to make the money back. He's uh, stolen $200 from Andrew's Construction. Uh, Yeah, let's just go
1: forward with this. So, like, he... uh, you know, he's making a lot of uh brash decisions. Archie knows about it. Archie thinks it's fine in the beginning, but then he kind of, as they keep happening, Archie's finally like, hey, maybe this isn't cool. Then 200 bucks is stolen. Mr. Keller's like, that's it. I'm out. Well, uh, hold on. We
0: should mention before the Fisticos though, there's this other conflict that amps everything up, which is that Tom Keller, Frank and Archie walk in, and Tom Keller says great news, the mayor oh, right. called us and gave us a job. As if they all don't know Hiram Lodge very well because there are 10 people that have names in the town of Riverdale, uh, and they all know Hiram. So, But he's like, yeah, the mayor gave us this job to change the drains in the prison. And, and Archie's like, no, we can't do that. We can't take a job from Hiram.
1: Yeah, Which also, I appreciated. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I mean, that's a fucked up, evil prison, especially if Hiram's. And it's probably the pipes are all fucked up because he's running drugs in and out, or maybe that's where he makes his rum. I mean, well, you know, that, pri- the- that
0: prison was just built. How is there already issues with the pipes? I'll tell you what, I bet those are the pipes that Archie crawled out of and he clogged them up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Stopped to have a bunch of burgers or something. There's just wrappers everywhere. Yeah. Good for him. I hate good for Archie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that amps up the conflict because Tom is like, We're not making any money. We can't pay anybody. And Frank's like, don't worry about it. I stole $200 that are going to turn into $10,000 in the tracks. And then he, uh, Tom and uh, Frank, Kick the shit out of each other. Yeah, it was a great. Fist to cup fight. That was a good fight. Yeah, it really was. Also, I'll tell you what, more appropriate fight than the usual fit fight we <laughs> <Yes, laughs> have exactly. on the show. Exactly. It's like, well, I'm a grown adult and I'm going to beat up Archie, yeah. who is a 17 or 18 year old. Yeah, it boy. was
1: nice to see two grown men fighting <laughs> yes. in a way that was very appropriate for what was happening.
0: <laughs> yes, it was.
1: <laughs> it wasn't some weird random shit or some hooded person. It was just. Two people who really disagree that escalates in a way that you could totally see them fighting.
0: I'll tell you, I really like this episode, and I think part of it was it had the regular Riverdale insanity, we'll get to this in a moment, but multiple sledgehammers, tickling videos. No,
1: there must have been a sale on sledgehammers <laughs> and because everybody had a sledgehammer scene. Yeah. It's like, listen, we got more sledgehammers than we would know what to do with. We ordered too many. We're going to have to work this in this You got to
0: get this in. Otherwise, yeah. we're fucked. The CW is going to find
1: out. Yeah. They're going to cancel us. Yeah, because we our budget, the sledgehammer budget is crazy to
0: shove all American right into our time slot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, KJ but we're going to have to let you go. We got too many sledgehammers. So too many sledge <laughs> <laughs> Uh But yeah, there's all this craziness. But at the same time, this episode really gave the craziness a great emotional weight to it. And I think a lot of the conversations, particularly when we get into talking about the Betty and Jughead stuff, But it was very well written. I thought it was very well written, very well acted. And I think that played out through the Archie storyline as well, where there was a good emotional grounding to it.
1: I liked uh, a lot of the Archie stuff, especially later on. But we'll get to that.
0: Well, yeah, let's jump into that. So they have this uh, big actual fight. Mm -hmm. uh, And Archie is pissed at Frank. Uh, he says, Why didn't you run this by me first? Mm-hmm. And he says, Because you're my nephew. And he yells at him. And he says, Yeah, loudly. Loudly. Yeah. But again, I like this choice here of him saying, This is, I am a man. I'm a grown man. And to be like, No, my nephew who is 17 or 18 years old, yes, I'll listen to you, is really hard for me. So I like that, and that because that's the thing that keeps sucking Archie back in is the fact that there is probably a kernel of goodness in Frank, but the badness keeps coming out. Yeah. So uh, Frank does pay Archie back, because after all of that, he bets on the races and wins. Yeah, I guess he had, uh, he had a hot tip and Yeah, it paid off. There you go. Uh, and he's pissed, though. He tells him it can't happen again. He yells at him.
1: Yeah, talks about the old respect and honor. Uh, uh, f- What's nice is Archie. The only time Archie really seems like he has it together is when he's kind of uh, doing the construction thing. Because it's like, even though he's trying with the boxing gym, it seems like such a hot mess. So it's nice to see him, like at least with his dad's construction site, like he holds that in such high regard that he doesn't want anything like bad to happen in that, which is kind of great.
0: Yeah, it is pretty great. Uh, and he, there's a very nice line at the end of that scene where Frank is like, "You sound just like him." Yeah, uh, and that transfers. That really, there's a little more to it, but it really completes that arc from Archie looking at Frank and being like, "Wow, you're like my dad," to Frank looking at Archie and being like, "You're like my brother." Yeah, uh, which I thought was sweet. Like, there's a nice degree of paralleling there. And then
1: also, what was nice is Archie goes around and gives people their bonuses. He does, and he, he talks is. to Tom Keller. Yeah, he sits down with Tom Keller. Tom Keller's like, "Listen, I'm a grown ass man. All right." <laughs> Just a lot of people doing that this episode. Yeah, like, listen to like I'm it's not sure weird. if you're
0: aware. Of, based on our regular behavior on this show, yeah, some of us are adults. Yeah, some of us are
1: adults. Just want to reiterate that. Uh, it's weird <laughs> that you're in charge somehow Right um, I could do this job, no problem But you By keep the way, fucking qu- this up
0: <laughs> real quick How many businesses does your girlfriend own? I just want to so, check just on wanna, that Just, kinda, just check it. I know
1: I used to be the sheriff And I could probably bust her for a ton of shit right now but, Right, you know. just as a citizen's arrest or something Yeah uh, But yeah, so, uh, you know Color nicely tells him, "Like, listen, uh, go shove it up your ass. I don't want anything to do with your yeah.
0: place." Uh, and and I'll say this is just an autocorrect mistake, but I was reading this back, and it's uh, I wrote down, "Tom leaves won't be fireman," and that's. I think it was foreman I wrote down foreman. and I corrected it to yep. fireman, but that's reasonable. <laughs> like, on the show, that scene ended with him being like, you know what? I'm never going to be a fireman. <laughs> be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm sure that's based in something. Yeah. Uh, so that's Archie's Stor-
1: be. That might be uh, foreshadowing for his next job.
0: He might be a for- fireman. He could be a fireman. He yep. could be a veterinarian. He could be an astronaut. <laughs> it really, Tom Keller could be anything yep. that he wants to be. We're very proud of him. Uh, I want to, uh, the next thing that happens is there's a bunch, uh, well, let's jump over and talk about the Cheryl and Veronica story. Okay, line, great. Uh, because that that's a fun one. Yep. Uh, and it starts off with a bonker scene, uh, which is they are talking to the science teacher at the school. Mr. Beaker. Dr. Dumb, Be- Dr. 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 Beaker. Dr.
1: Beaker. Wow,
0: my Who bad. also, bizarrely, in the middle of the scene, they call him Dr. Beaker twice, mm. and then I think to make fun of him, they call him Dr. Egghead. And then they call him Dr. Beaker again, as if somehow Dr. Egghead is a more ridiculous name for a person than Dr. Beaker, who is a science teacher. Yeah. And they want him to cook rum? Is that what's going no, on? No, they want I him to test. Mis- <laughs> they I, want I him- missed that because you were yelling so loud.
1: Yeah, because it's a great name. Dr. Beaker is my new favorite character. Is it? Well, it's a kind of an amazing name, and I kind of want him to turn into the Muppets uh, character.
0: Yeah, just do a me, 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 me,
1: me. I want him to that be like, please, the only way you talk is you just go. <laughs>
0: I would have loved that if they were like, we want you to test our rum, and he'd and be like, me, 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 me. Me,
1: me, 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 me. <laughs> I mean, well, why Already not? Classic, yeah. But uh, yeah, they're like, hey, test our rum to make sure that it's not too close to, you know, uh, the mayor's uh, rum, so that they can yeah. uh, win the r- rum war.
0: And luckily, Doctor Beaker is like, well, I nothing I can do about that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody I can run that by. I guess I have to do that for these children. Yep, these underage children test the rum. Uh, so uh, Dr. Beaker that I mean, I'm sure he got a free bottle of rum out of it Absolutely yeah. And maple rum mwah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff uh, So dude, uh, I'm just scanning through here Getting mm. to the rest of their uh, storyline So uh, Cheryl and Veronica Continuing their tour of just rubbing things in adults' faces They go over to Hiram And he's like, that's my rum And they're like, nope Yep. It's not. It's maple rum instead of your molasses-based rum. Giving us a little lesson on how rum is made. That I, was yeah, nice. I don't
1: know if you could quote this show on accuracy for anything.
0: I think you definitely can, and I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, but they explain that because it's 51% different, they've patented it, and if he tries to make maple rum, they'll go after him. Yeah. And Hiram is like, of course, there's Does nothing this I can
1: do. Does this bother you at this point? Because Veronica keeps doing this, and it's driving me crazy. She keeps going to her dad and being like, this is what I'm doing now. No way you can mess with me because I told you everything that I'm doing, so you know exactly how to mess with me. And I'm like, Veronica, stop Just don't tell him. Yeah, keep him out of your life. Stop
0: letting this horrible man into your life. I would love if every once in a while on the show they just cut back to Miss Burble in her office eating a bunch of candy and being like, Why do I even fucking bother? <laughs> I gave them all this advice and they immediately ignored it. <laughs> Completely. Yep. It was a very powerful emotional episode. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and eat a butterfinger, I guess. Uh, so, uh, oh so yeah, God. they they make the rum, and then what happens next? Oh, right. So uh, they come up with a plan. Uh, their plan is to open a club, turn Le Bon Nuit into a dance club,
1: right, and then give away free rum, and then take down names of people who would like rum, right if I was at a club, sure. Okay, first off, that's you know crazy to begin with. But then Pete, if, can I just clarify, you were at a club like a week <laughs> ago.
0: <laughs> Which this, was crazy. Yeah,
1: you're right. But okay. anyways, um the and they were handing out free rum and they were like, Hey, do you want do you want to maybe buy this sometime? Uh, we just gotta take your name. I would give it, but I would never,
0: you'd never follow up no. and be like,
1: Yeah, I'm gonna buy that. They'd
0: send you an email and you'd be like, yeah. spab.
1: Also, if uh, I went to a gentleman's club and they had my name and then someone called me about rum, I would be like, no, <laughs> I would not be interested in that.
0: Yes. Uh, well, you're jumping ahead a little bit, yeah. but they said uh, I I do think that's a good point that, like, they get this black book and they're <laughs> yeah. like, I know previously you were interested in kinky sex, but what if instead maple rum cocktails? Yeah. You're like, well, that fills the same hole in my life, I <laughs> guess. <laughs>
1: Also, it was amazing how Cheryl just had a crowbar ready to open up this kind of like secret door and perfectly pops out of the book. That was kind
0: of like. She probably got that in the same place as everybody's getting the Sledgehammer. Oh, yeah.
1: Crowbars and sledgehammers. Why didn't Cheryl have a sledgehammer? Other people get sledgehammers. She
0: should have used that to break yeah. it open. That oh. would have been the most amazing thing that <laughs> Oh, my there. God. We got two sledgehammers. Why couldn't we get yeah, a third? rule the threes. Rule threes. Come on, man. Come on, Riverdale. Bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, what happens is they open up this dance club in Le Bonne They're going to use it as a base of operations. We talked through the plan, as you mentioned. Uh, we get a very great scene of Cheryl and Veronica having a great time at the dance club. Up. They're like, yes, our plan is working out just great. And the lights go on. Hiram comes in. And he's like, what did you think I was going to do? Also,
1: when do mayors go
0: on raids? Well, I mean, he's got nothing but time. I guess so. The drains at his prisoner clog. So the prison <laughs> shut down. So he can't go over there. Yeah. So, of course, he has time to go over. Uh, I did love your reaction when this happened. We were like, why the fuck is he taking
1: off his shirt? Yeah, he's talking to people about going on a raid, and then he's taking off his shirt, and it was bothering me. I'm like, are you going to fight your own daughter right now? Like, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then it was like he just stuck his hand off screen, and, of course, he got handed a sludge <laughs> I would love that. I wish I was on camera so I could just <laughs> stick my hand off screen and be like, whoop. Sledgehammer. That's the magic of television. And uh, then, yeah. of course, mayors then take sledgehammers to other people's property because that's what mayors do.
0: Right. That's uh, Mayor de Blasio, who <laughs> lives here in Park Slope with me. He's constantly coming to my house and breaking all of my liquor bottles with oh, the sledgehammer.
1: That's got to be annoying.
0: He, it's more annoying than the time he wanted a whole wheat toasted bagel with extra cream cheese which he reminds me of. He always comes here and he's like, hey, can I get a whole wheat bagel toasted with extra cheese? And I'm like, no. He's like, fine, they're going to fucking smash your liquor bottles. Wow. Vote for me. <laughs> so uh, they're pretty pissed off about it, but then they come up with a brilliant idea, which is... That they could keep the dance club going as a distraction for Hiram.
1: Yeah. Because after he busts it once and none of the main characters are there,
0: he won't think to look somewhere else. Right. That's how hide-and-seek works as well. If you don't find somebody in the first place, you You go home. Yeah, you you just give up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So instead, they take over the Maple Club, the old sex club that Penelope used to run. Uh, As you mentioned, they find the black book there. We got a montage scene of them calling up the clients and offering them rum. On old-timey phones. Very fun. Yeah. I enjoy that. I love the out of time stuff on this show. Yeah, it just, it's delightful. Uh, And they're like, whew, that was a lot of work. And they very briefly touch on, they're like, oh, this is a lot of work between high school and running three businesses. What if we got somebody else to run this? At which point, Cheryl's like, I have a great idea. Oh, I keep somebody in a sex bunker. Right. And then we visit the sex bunker Where Penelope is just wandering around, not chained up, not locked in, or anything like that. Also, in case you've forgotten, Penelope Blossom, the Gargoyle King, who killed Betty's father in front of her, granted he's the Black Hood, but killed a man, had gargoyles chase them through the woods. Cheryl shot arrows at her and the gargoyles. She escaped and then was living in the walls of Thistle House and gaslighted Cheryl into thinking that A, her The corpse of her brother was talking to her. B, the other brother that she thought she had eaten in the womb was talking to her through a doll. Through a doll, yeah. And then she's like, you know what? If we put you in a mask and put you back at exactly the same place you are. No one will know. Nobody will know. Is this show too crazy for you yet? Nope. Not wow. quite there. Wow. Not quite there. One more sledgehammer and it would have gotten too far. <laughs> uh, but not quite there. Uh, it is crazy, though, that they're like, well, we trust you. Yeah. Now that you're wearing a mask, you're not going to do anything also, bad. Also, if you went
1: into some place and there was a lady wearing a mask. A rum club? Yeah. <laughs> if you went a rum club. I mean, that's to uh, be expected. Okay. All yes. right. My bad. So, so I, that I, would put you at ease. Seeing someone in a mask. Right, a rum, because it be like, ah, who's
0: that? Mysterious. Got to have a rum hito, I guess. Yeah. I wrote down the two drinks they did because this was the first time maple rum sounded gross to me. Mm-hmm. They have a maple rum punch and maple hitos is what they're serving, mm-hmm. among, I assume, other things. And that was the point where it struck me like that's too sweet, like that's too much sugar. Well, the yeah, because
1: in mojito they use they use cane sugar and like that would uh, then that and they use use rum, so that's fine. But then like maple rum might make it too sweet. You might be right on that.
0: Yeah, I just feel like this might be a specific thing. But when I have too much sugar, I get I start to get a big old headache. No, oh, wow. Uh, so I wouldn't go there. That's the main reason I want to go to this former sex club where a masked murderer <laughs> wanders around running the place. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, the drinks are too sweet. Uh, and uh, they get a text from Pop Tate, the most surprising moment to the episode, uh, because it turns out Pop Tate has a cell phone and can text people. I was very surprised about that. Uh, but Pop Tate's like, yep, sure enough, Hiram raided uh, rated Le Bon Nuit. And they're like, nice, good plan. We're good to go. Yeah. For so one night, we're for good. one night, and then we get. Let's go through the big plot line of the episode the the plot line that was so big I couldn't hear half of it because you were screaming.
1: Whatever, we missed a whole part of the show because of your shitty internet. So don't yell it's at just, me.
0: We missed like thirty seconds.
1: No, we missed like a minute forty that we'll never get back.
0: What could possibly have happened? To I the, don't
1: know. We cut back and Cheryl was taking a sledgehammer. It was, it was Betty. It was I'm Betty. sorry. Betty was
0: taking No, it's his fine. Seat. I mean, to be fair, yes, uh, my internet buffered for a second, and we went from Jughead being like, Brett, what did you do? And it was spinning, spinning, spinning. And then Betty's with a sledgehammer smashing something, and it was like, And well, you actually a-
1: said out loud, oh, what could we miss? Like we were watching a normal show, you <laughs> asshole.
0: You're unbelievable. What could possibly happen in a minute 40? Oh, yeah, everybody's everything. dead and there's yeah. aliens now? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, yep. Okay, we'll roll with that. Uh, so we you can't d- change the channel for a second on this show. No, absolutely not. You got to you gotta watch this with eyes wide open. <laughs> oh. So Be- Bughead post-coital lying there. And as they're lying there.
1: Jughead's so happy, he accidentally says, I got into Yale. Yeah. And then Betty's like, you didn't tell me you got into Yale? That's what I shout at the end of sex every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I got into Yale. Uh and I'm, you know what? Betty's right, man. You got it. You can't, you can't lie. Uh, yeah, you can't lie. I think like. Especially when it's something that like Betty's school that she's been trying her whole life to get Can we into. talk
0: broad strokes about this plot line here? Sure. There's certainly a lot of stuff to go through, but I want to get your feeling on this because a lot, this happened last episode as well, which Betty brings up, that Jughead did not tell her about the secret society, presumably yep. for about a month. Yeah. Now he didn't tell her about a Yale for a shorter period of time, but he didn't tell her about that. Is Jughead in the wrong here? Is he more in the wrong than Betty? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So he is he fucking up the relationship at this point? Yes, he is. Okay.
1: Why are you saying it with such trepidation? Do you think they should break up over it? No. Oh.
0: I think Jughead has to work on being a better person. I think so, but he's not going to because he died, and at the end of the episode, Betty and Archie are together. Oh,
1: my God. Don't you dare casually say that. You don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah. Just because someone holds their somebody else's hand and looks lovingly into their eyes doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think that's what it means, actually. Uh, so, But we'll get there in a second. Uh, so Betty and Jughead, uh, they have the argument over Yale. It's a very mild argument at first. She is almost convincing herself that she's happy about it. She's happy for him. And then Brett calls her out and riles her up. Yeah. Again, I have a weird autocorrect thing here where it says Rios sir." You don't have to read what your autocorrect said. All right. I, I Nobody do. cares. This is, we have on our Patreon Slack, one of the rooms is, what are your autocorrect mistakes uh, with true. all dashes, That's not true. People love it. No, nope. they love it. Nobody Oh, I just it. licked the microphone. Oh goodness, that's crazy.
1: Oh, what are you doing?
0: Come here. Lie down with me again. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> lie down on my bed. <laughs> Uh, So, uh, at that point, DuPont tells Jughead uh, that his story about the boy in the river... Yes, Pete, you have a question. Just go right ahead. Jughead seems like such
1: a smart person, but he is so dumb, and it's driving me nuts. And especially in this episode, he's clearly a pawn and he's being pushed around a board that he has no idea what's going on. He didn't get into Yale. They got him into Yale because it was like because of Brett or whatever. It's all this skull and whatever bullshit, and he, they're just going to fuck him over, and why
0: does he not see that coming? Here's There's certainly much stronger indications this episode that DuPont is manipulating him into some situation.
1: It's been clear since the... Since the
0: jump, I, all right.
1: I think it's clear if you know you're also watching- when your roommate puts on a fucking mask and tries to beat you, you you need but to it's leave a that bunny school. Mask
0: and bunnies are
1: pleasant. You need cute. to leave that school and that toxic
0: fucking bullshit. I don't know, man. I I think the way that they've been playing it, I understand what you're saying in essence, but I think the way that they're playing it is very specifically that it could go either way, but this is the episode where it starts to tip very strongly in that direction. And it tips strongly in that direction because DuPont is clearly pushing him to give up information about something. Yeah. Because, and I'm just going to throw that out there, I don't think Jughead's a great writer. They talk about he as a great writer. How dare you? He's been writing every
1: episode. This is true. And that- Betty read yeah. his writing and was really impressed oh, by he's it. He's been writing
0: the nonsense story of Riverdale over the past four seasons. Yeah. Okay. Hey, his first story. That he's like Baxter Brothers novel is, which they call him out on is, they're like the boy in the river isn't strong enough. The boy in the river is Jason Blossom. Yeah, I know. How can you say it's not strong enough? It happened. It
1: was real, and it tore a lot of it lives happened. apart. It happened. It's like if I was like, that's here's, like saying, hey, history
0: for the Hardy Boys, all about this guy Bed Tundy. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's right, the, but it's Riverdale is a nearby town. They're not. Nobody's going to read that and not be like, that's about your friend Jason Blossom, idiot. Right. But also, how can you say that's not strong enough? That was the whole pilot
1: of the fucking show. So you just said on Riverdale, the the whole start of the show wasn't good enough. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not
0: saying you're saying that the TV show said it about itself. I understand that. I think what I'm saying, not I think what I'm saying, what I am saying is that Jughead just writing down what happened to him is not really fiction. Right. He doesn't have imagination. He's not stretching himself. He's going to end up writing mysteries about what he had for breakfast that morning when he runs out of stuff that happens to him. You know what? I'm
1: going to give him a, a, a pass on whether or not his writing is good. That's not the point here. All right. We need to move on because there's way too much other shit going on. All right. Fine. Yeah. we, we You have
0: some place to go. I forgot about that. Uh, you are sleeping here tonight, Pete. No way. So, Tucker in. No way. Put on your jabbies. <laughs> I got you a onesie. <laughs> You get in that or you get under the cover speed. Oh, my God. Uh, so I feel like yeah, Kevin he,
1: Keller right now.
0: He tells him that the uh, river isn't strong enough. Serial killers are a stronger idea. So, Oh, and then he just casually drops, the Brotherhood is coming to visit.
1: Yeah, the Brotherhood. Right. If somebody says to me, hey, the Brotherhood is coming, right. I'm out. I you, you there's no there's never been a good thing that happened after someone says the brotherhood is well, coming. Well,
0: to be fair, I think the brotherhood is the name of the publishing unit, and they sit there at a log table in shadow. In shadow. In shadow. Yeah, which is a very cool move. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, it's terrifying, and this is what I'm saying about tipping their head—that they're like serial killers are stronger. Tell us about this brown hood. Yeah. We're going to... Like, they're they're trying to get something. They're trying to get something out of him. Some sort of information. I don't know if they're acolytes of the Black Hood or something weird like that is going on there, but certainly it's not just about writing Baxter Brothers books. Uh, Jughead, of course, then goes and talks to Charles, who seems relatively innocuous this episode, but I also think, like get in terms of tipping the head, it seems like he has to be connected to the stuff at subway right
1: i don't know man i've i charles has been like they they went away from him for a while and it i, I he almost seemed kind of normal in this episode normally i'm like this dude is fucked well he's up.
0: normal but he's the place they're getting all their information from jughead goes to charles and says betty uh, also goes you, to travel. right you i need to know about serial killers and he's like what about the black hood and then uh, Betty goes to Charles and is like, I want you to investigate Brett for me. And he's like, well, I don't know, but okay. Uh, and then uh, he talks to the Brotherhood and he pitches them the story about a serial killer named the Fishmonger. They're not very interested in that. So he says, uh, what about he a...
1: guts his,
0: That was creepy, man. Yeah. What about a social media thing? I do wonder... Also,
1: if, that was a, the Fishmonger is a shout out to um, Fiddler on the Roof. Wait, what? Larry the Fishmonger. Uh, it's a classic tale. It's a it's the main part of Fiddler on the Roof. That's definitely not the main part of Fiddler oh, on the Roof. Oh yes. Yeah, I know. I it was my part. Okay. You were the Fishmonger? I was Larry Wait, the Goddamn Fish. You were yes. Larry the Fishmonger? That's right. That's how I know. Wow. Yeah, so I thought, you know, I thought it was a nice reference.
0: I was the Clearly it went over your head. Can you guess what I played in Fiddler on the Roof? No. The rabbi. (laughs) 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 That's fantastic. Yeah, we are very close to having a full production of Fiddler on the (laughs) Roof on this podcast. Yeah, Uh, I'd say I hope they did that as the musical this year, except they just announced that they're going to be doing Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So maybe they'll do Fiddler next year, Pete. Mm -hmm. Uh, So eventually, they're like, uh, you know, DuPont steps in and says... Uh, Sorry about Jughead's stupid ideas about social media and a fishmonger. He's much better when he does personal stuff, at which point Jughead freezes and offers up something called the brown hood, yep. which is what they accept. And I'll tell you, Jughead is not totally in the right here. But again, I liked how the scene was played because Cole Sprouse, across the board, in this plot line... Is playing very earnest with Jughead, very in over his head for the first time, Mm -hmm. and to stand in front of this board of people he wants to impress, right? Because they hold his fate in their hands. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he is. I don't think he's trying to sell out Betty, he just gets scared. And what pisses me off is he
1: doesn't then go talk to Betty about that. He doesn't say, Hey, listen, Betty, uh, this is what happened, this is why I had to do this, I panicked. You know, I freaked out. I shouldn't do these things. But what does he do? No, he doesn't. He goes on about his life.
0: Yeah, and this leads to the big blow-up, which uh, Charles discovers something about Brett, which is that his dad paid someone to do the PSATs for him so he could get into Stonewall. Betty runs into the room where Betty and Jug, uh, yeah, Jughead Yeah, this and, was an Archie move. I've never... You know, Betty, come on, man. You're better than this. They do that sometimes. They yeah. run up to people and just accuse them of shit. Yeah. So she runs in, accuses Brett of it, and Brett's like... Well, that's nothing compared to what Jughead's been doing, selling you out on your dad and pitching stories based on it. And then she loses it. As she should. Loses it. She gets livid. She yells at Jughead. He deserved it. And then she goes too far, I think, and says the only reason he got into Yale is because of Stonewall. That's, that's not going too far. No, of course that is. As he calls out... No. Not going to. No, she's basically saying, I deserve to go to Yale, not you, because I'm smarter than you. Yeah. That's the dig there.
1: Well, the dig is you couldn't have gotten into Yale on your own. You needed this shitty, evil school
0: to get in. This is the first time, and I still don't think they're totally going in this direction, based on a thing we're going to talk about in a second. But this is the first time where I felt like, oh, there is a legitimate, actual crack in this relationship. Because these well, because these emotions and these things they're going to felt real to me. This idea that it is simmering under what's going on with Betty that I she does feel smarter, the Jughead. She does feel like I deserve Yale more, Mm -hmm. even if that and I don't think that's necessarily true. They both deserve to go there, yeah, but. She's ripping into him because of it. Well, yeah, she just has and vice versa. She's
1: time to process her feelings on it. Was totally natural, natural to lash out like that. Absolutely. Uh, She's lucky then, he didn't go all evil Betty on him.
0: And then things get even worse when Charles reveals to her he talked to his friend at Yale and founds out they didn't want to accept the daughter of the black. Of course. course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. No, I it don't know. Shitty like that. They would want somebody with a good story.
1: you think they would want the child of the Black Hood?
0: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Serial killer daughter who made good and pushed past it and had great grades. Sure, when you put that spin on it. Exactly. But, is, you
1: know, they've got alumni and people do appease and having a Daughter of a serial killer might not be a good look for them. But I'll tell you what. Do you what, know how many serial killers go to Yale? I mean, they don't need that extra press. Bed Tundee's kid went there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he did. <sighs> that guy. Anybody can get into Yale. Anybody can get into Yale. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I
0: applied to two colleges, Cornell and Yale, and I was like, fuck you, Yale. I'm going to Cornell. Wow. That's d- not true. I didn't get into Yale. Yeah. <laughs> did you really apply, though? I did, but I applied to early decision to Cornell. Uh, and I got into Cornell, so I was like, Yeah, I'll just go to Cornell. I'm not going to worry about this. Yeah, yeah I mean, but what did Yale say? You're required at the point that you get an early admission oh. to take that school. I applied regular admission to Yale, so I had to uh, decline my application. Ooh. I'll tell you what, probably wouldn't have gotten in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but another thing that I'd say, I had, a, I had a higher GPA than Betty, I'm just saying. Do you you can't get higher than
1: 4.0. What did she say? She had a 4.1. She had a 4.1. I had a
0: 4.25. How can you... I thought 4 was this, the ceiling. It depends on whether you have A-pluses or not. If you have an A-plus, it's a 4.5. That's 5. bullshit. We had A-pluses at my school. I had a 4.25. I was still number 32 in my class. <laughs> Good. We were either crazy smart or they gave out grades real easily. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, but then we get uh, the records. Oh, uh, then we get the scene that we cut in on. Uh, Jughead lays into uh, Brett a little bit. And About then time. We got cut off there. And then we cut back in on Betty smashing, smashing her dad's gravestone with a sledgehammer, parale- paralleling the scene from the season premiere where she was looking at it. And now she's completely turned very sad, very awful.
1: Well, I thought it was a great way to take out her rage. You know, her dad cost her Yale, and so it makes sense you go because they're handing out free sledgehammers in Riverdale. You get your <laughs> sledgehammer, and you take it out on your dead dad. I thought it was a great use. She didn't turn into Dark Betty. She didn't murder somebody. She just took a sledgehammer to her dad's grave. There
0: was that press pic they released that wasn't in the show where they had the big banner over Main Street that said Sledgehammer Days.
1: Yeah. January 24th. Don't forget, January 24th, sledgehammer day. Everybody gets a sledgehammer.
0: (laughs) But only two. (laughs) Only two, not three. Uh, And then uh, Alice goes to comfort her. This is also very sweet and sad. Mm -hmm. And then we get, I think... In my mind, the biggest, most important scene in the episode, even more important than the final scene. No, we already covered the most important scene,
1: Doctor Beaker. Doctor Beaker. Oh, yeah. I
0: thought you were going to say the tickling scene, which we completely haven't talked about. The Kevin not yet because you did in the top. I I know. we'll, we'll go back and talk about that. Uh, but uh, this is Jughead goes to comfort Betty. They apologize to each other. And again, they have this really beautiful dialogue uh, where she says, it's hard for me to untangle that from being sad about not going to Yale. Yeah. And just being like uh, being honest with each other is what this relationship has always been about. Yeah, I know. And this felt to me like such a honest, true. But I feel
1: like uh, Jughead didn't do a good enough job in that apology. Like he was all cute and snuggly with Betty and was like, oh, you know, that it's fine what you did. It's totally rational. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did it, which is great, right? Thing to say. But he never said I'm sorry for being a douche and lying to you. And fuck well, he him. basically did. Yeah, he could have been a little bit more clear. sure.
0: But I think the the sense was there. But the reason I think this is the most important scene is because he says, you know what? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna help you get into Yale. For the game we're playing And she's like What the quiz show And he says no For the bigger bigger game game. We're playing And that to me That has to be Tipping the hand To what's really going on In the background Because I think We've had a sense of this With the murder board That Betty was looking at A couple of episodes back There's something That Betty and Jughead Have been doing In the background This entire time That we just have not seen
1: There has to be, right? That would be amazing. Don't
0: get me excited about something that's not going to happen. No, I really think this is going to happen because, like, I think this is the explanation. Just to jump forward to the last scene, like, they're clearly teasing us with these flash forwards, Archie running in, talking to Betty, Betty being like... He's not coming back. "Uh, He's not coming back. I don't know if we can do this anymore. I thought he was going to come back, but he's not coming back. And they look at each other. Clearly, they're teasing us with this Barchie thing is going on, but she never says, because he's dead. Yeah or anything like that, there's a plan in motion for some reason about something, and Uh, there's a bunch of gaps that have not been filled in. I want to talk about
1: the sweetest uh, Jughead Betty moment when she wins and he hugs her.
0: uh, Let's talk about that. Just to set that up real quick, uh, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Jughead takes the Yale recruiter to the show, which I thought was very sweet. Putting a lot of extra pressure on Betty, though. Uh, And Alice left a present for Betty. Now, this is what drives me nuts.
1: She goes, I left you a present. You don't look at that present. You don't look at that present before the big quiz show. Because you know your mom's a psychopath, and it's only <laughs> yes. going to make you mad. Yes. So don't open the sketchy envelope.
0: Don't you, go to the dressing room that you have for some reason at yeah. this televised quiz show that's right, happening in Riverdale.
1: Yeah, right before the show, because it looked like it was getting ready to tape, but then you have time yeah. to go to the dressing room, which doesn't make sense.
0: Yes, uh, and she finds the quiz answers there. Ultimately, she doesn't read them or anything. Uh, but and I girl- was worried that she was going to look. I didn't think she was. She's Betty. She doesn't need them. Uh, and ultimately, she does win on her own merit. She wins yeah. on a car. Question, which I thought was super fun. Yeah. Uh, nobody else gets to do answers or anything like that, which they hilariously call it.
1: spark plug. That was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, he thinks. Uh, I, what was it? He uh, was ultimately tuk. clutch because yeah. she gets to the clutch. Yeah. They also have a very fun uh, Mean Girls reference in there where she does "There is no limit." Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was very cute. Uh, can I ruin the quiz show for you? Because I think there's a thing I, I bet you didn't realize, Pete. What? Do you know who the game show host was? No. Jimmy Platt, the fucking evil ice cream man from Sabrina.
1: Oh, my God. It was him. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: that's how I knew that guy. I was like, how do I know that face?
0: It's a creepy. He got sucked into hell, and now he's at Riverdale running quiz shows. (laughs) Makes (laughs) sense. Remember when they were like, we're going to figure out a punishment for you, and they dragged him off into hell? Yeah. Quiz shows. Quiz shows. What's worse? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing.
1: Wow. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. So. Betty well, takes them down. Uh, you know, the other are like, hey, why are we here if Betty's just gonna go ham on all the
0: answers? Hey, you know, let her have a moment, all right? Yeah. Let her have her moment. Totally. And uh, she does ultimately win, and then we get a super, super cute line. Jughead runs up right after the show, hugs her, kiss her, and say, Ooh, we're going to solve every mystery in Connecticut and eat a lot of pizza. Oh. So cute. That's adorable. Absolutely adorable. I
1: want them to do that. It sucks that that's not going to happen.
0: There was also a very cute Bob moment where uh, Alice comes up and takes a picture of them on her iPhone. And she's like, nice. Which <laughs> is just very, very cute delivery from Major Abik.
1: Okay, cool. She ruined Betty's she life. She
0: ruined Betty, but it's so hard Why? to be don't angry Don't give that mom
1: a fucking moment there. She's ruined yeah. Betty's life again. You can't be angry
0: at her. Yes, she's you can happy. be. A-
1: she's so cute. No, you can be angry at her because she joined a cult and like s- sold the house and like done a million horrible things to Betty. Yeah, but then she's like a little cute. I don't care.
0: And she's dating FP,
1: and she's pretty cute with FP. I don't care. I want to see more phallus, buddy. All right, fine, but I don't
0: care. All right, come lie down on the bed. (laughs) Stop saying (laughs) that. Uh, So, yeah, she tore up the answers and won fair and square, but. I was screaming, light
1: it on fire in the trash can because you you can't.
0: I'm aware of that. (laughs) Because
1: you can't just leave evidence around, Betty, you know that. Yeah. Betty, you know that. Yeah. You should have ripped it up and ate them.
0: (laughs) Whatever you got to do. You know, that would be kind of hilarious if she did eat them and then during the entire quiz show just had like <laughs> ink and chunks of paper yeah. coming out of her mouth. Uh, maybe not fun. Yeah. Maybe I that's was, the wrong word yeah, for that. I would say that's the wrong So uh, she, yeah, she did not tear it up. We get also a thing that made my heart She did grow. tear it up. She did tear it up, but she left it in the garbage can. Uh, like a We get a lovely rookie. moment of Betty walking down the halls. Everybody's clapping for her. And even as I was watching it, I was like, my heart was growing. So happy for her. So happy for Why her. Why can't you let Betty have anything? I literally had this reaction while I was watching that scene, where it was like a physical reaction from my heart, watching Lily Reinhardt smile, where it was like, oh, this is so wonderful. It's going it, to be okay. Was, in the back of my head, it was like, no, you fucking idiot. It's going to go wrong <laughs> in a second, you idiot. You've seen TV shows before. Uh-oh. And of course it does, because the crowd parts. Mr. Honey is there. He put together the quiz again. And she gets suspended. Alice gets let go for. How job. do you get suspended for something you didn't do? They don't know that. They have no way of proving it. Like even if she told the truth, and she did tell the truth, and she's a camera in the dressing room, you
1: can't see. No, her, there's like, not rip- a camera
0: in the dressing room. I don't room, know, you pervert. I'm just saying. Like, are
1: there? God, do you put cameras in your the, no, every dressing room you go I'm into? I'm just upset that there's no way to prove that she didn't look. Sure, fucking asshole. I mean.
0: Certainly seems like you put cameras in dressing rooms. Oh my god! So, anyways, uh, so anyways, uh, yeah. So she is suspended. Uh, Stonewall wins, which certainly this whole and thing. and she's way
1: too easy on her mom. She was like, her mom's drinking, and uh, you know, r- see, we wait. have a very nice gin and tonic rather than a. Uh, it looked r- like a maple. vodka soda to me. Do you think like it was a maple robin tonic? <laughs> it wasn't brown so, enough. No, it was. It was definitely clear clear yeah. alcohol. So, um. Rom can be clear. Anyways, so she's waiting for Betty to get home, drinking, and I'm going, oh, you evil woman. And Betty immediately lets her off the hook, which I'm like, come on, Betty.
0: I know, but I think she knows this was going to happen, and she seems resigned, and she's like, everything's going to go bad for me. Which is very sad. Fucking sad. It is very sad. There's another thing that happens because immediately after that, Jughead gets pissed and under the Quill and Skull Secret Society guidelines challenges him to a duel. But here's what year are we living in? You don't challenge someone to a duel. They had old timey phones
1: and stuff. That roommate that you're being polite and challenged to a duel, put on a mask and tried to beat you. You don't fucking Damage. No, no, I get
0: it. But the one thing that I wanted to point out is that Brett never says, yes, of course, I put it back together. I think this lends more credence to Mr. Hen- Honey is working with Stonewall. He was the one that put it together. You're goddamn right. I think so. Yep. All right. Let's jump back and talk about Ticklepalooza before we wrap <laughs> this up. Uh, Kevin Keller finally got a storyline. Okay, wait, 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 all right. Yes, right, right, right yes. Hold
1: on, hold on. Yes. Okay,
0: first off. First, Kevin off, and Fangs were magic. First together. off, we got before we get into this, just real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna just slide 10, uh, 10k <laughs> over here on the bed. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it over here. I'm gonna set up this camera. and We'll just see what happens. Go if ahead. you actually did that, punch you in the face <laughs> and take the money and run. Really? Yeah. That's what this relationship means to you? Because what I'm doing is I'm uh, actually filming uh, secret criminal face punching videos. Great. That's my sexual fetish. (laughs) So Being robbed and getting punched in the face.
1: I'm kind of pissed off at Kevin because Fanks was trying to be honest and being like, hey, I was brainwashed. Kevin's like, yeah, yeah, I heard it before. And he's like, let's go on a real date. And Kevin immediately says no and shuts him down. I get it. You're being protective of your heart. That's cool. Yeah. But, Kevin, you've been waiting for this. It finally happened. And you just jump to some strange dude on a Tinder date. And the strange dude goes, hey, I got us a hotel room. Hope that's cool. And Kevin's like, sure. Kev, come on. Come on, Kev. That's the
0: gay lifestyle, man. That's don't really. don't say <laughs> no, that. It's not. It was hilarious how quickly it happened, where the guy walks in he's like, hey, my name's Carrie. I know you just uh, trolled me on Grindem or whatever we're using now on this show. Uh, you want to go to a hotel room? And Kevin's like, yeah, sure. Sure. Yep. Sounds good. I see no problems with Just give with me this. away from Fangs, my true love. And then they're sitting at... True love? I know they were married, kind of. Yeah. But we never really saw them together. Mm. They lightly kissed once. Kevin was very much... Must- in love with Fangs for a while. I don't, I don't know if that was clear. Well, They hung what, out in the same vicinity I, for I went while, to the set, and I, and I talked it, to Kevin, oh, and that's you did? what he told me, yeah. It, it, the character Kevin, yep. not the actor Casey Cox. That's right. Okay. Uh, I do love that then he gets to the bar, and the guys, there's hanging out at the bar, and the guy's like, hey, before we go up there real quick, uh, I filmed Tickle videos. Uh, let me explain what Tickle no, videos... No, no, they were in the room. No, 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 they were downstairs at the bar, and then they went up to the room. Oh, because the dude was up in the room, I think. Or no, no, a, no, 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 no. thought there they, a bar in the room? No, they. Were, I don't
1: know. But they were making out, so I assume they were in the hotel room. Oh, and okay. then he kept trying to tickle Kevin in his place where he's missing a kidney. <laughs> and Kevin was a little sensitive about it. And he was like, what's sure. with weird dudes on first dates. I was like, online dating is tough, Kev. All right. You got to learn that the hard way, I guess.
0: Uh, so it turns out that he film he doesn't want to be involved. He just films these tickle videos. He films thousands maybe of tickle videos, pays $5,000 a pop. Yeah. Nothing sexual, just tickling. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, this is Listen, a real thing. If you're, that's great. People can tickle each other. It's awesome. Yeah, they can tickle each other. It's just the way that it got executed.
1: Was- yeah, also, Daryl <laughs> took off his shirt and was cracking his knuckles. I was like, I don't think Daryl's in this just for the tickling. It looks like Daryl's going to fuck Kevin up. He's definitely. And then at, they cut to afterwards. And I was like, okay, Kevin does not look good, guys. I don't know what just happened, but I don't think Kevin's okay.
0: Hey, five thousand dollars for tickling. Another five thousand dollars, he could rip you in half. Yeah, just like literally, just limb from limb. Take your legs and your arms. Do the Hulk Wolverine thing and just rip you in half. Ten k total, buddy.
1: About <laughs> what's your life worth?
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah,
1: and so then Kevin's like in this weird tickle world, and he's making a ton of loot. And I can't wait to see Kevin next episode. He's gonna have like a white
0: fur coat on.
1: And he's gonna be strutting Well, because down what he does is he's like, "Can I
0: do these tickle videos with somebody I like?" Right. And they say, "Sure." And then he goes after Fang. Goes after Fangs, and he says, "I know this is how weird. We can make a lot of money doing tickle videos. Allow me to explain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all right there. Yes. We can make a lot of money doing tickle videos. Yes. I mean, it's kind of adorable. The two of them together doing it tickle is videos. Adorable.
0: And I think." I think it's an entrance point to them starting a legit relationship because yep. I feel like we're going to see them doing these tickling videos and then start to kiss. But I worry it's going to delve into hardcore porn. No. You know? Well, just the know. way those things tend to go. It
1: might tur- take a left turn. It might turn into like furry stuff. Listen, all I
0: I'm yet. saying is lying on the same bed turns to tickling, turns to other things. Get on the bed, Pete. No way. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I got the camera set up. No. Five Ks right there. I hate you. Stop this.
1: (laughs) Justin, please come back. Yeah. Uh,
0: All right. Before we wrap up here, I'm just going to double check. I think uh, we got a couple of questions and comments on the episode from folks who watched it. Ooh, lots of them, actually. So I'll try to speed through a couple. Uh, This from Austin Pierce says, Kevin needs his own feature film ASAP. What do you think? You want to see a Kevin Keller feature film? Sure. Great. Thanks. No elaboration there. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a Riverdale movie anytime soon. If anything, we've talked about this before. Kevin would probably go over to Katie Keene before anything else. That would be great. More uh, Kevin. This is from uh, John George. Has Brett forgotten that Jughead is the president of a biker gang? Unless the duel is fought with epes, he's probably going to get his teeth kicked in. Uh, and then Darlene Deddy comments on that. And Jughead beat the Gargoyle King. Uh, so, yeah, I think we saw for the promo that they're going to have a fist fight, not like a gunfight, which is a little more reasonable. Um, I don't know. I think I think Brett could probably give him an even fight. What do you think? Brett could take Jughead any day of the week. You think so? Yeah, he's a lot bigger than Jughead. Mm. Uh, Sarah without an H says, is Kevin's new plot line going to be connected to the videotapes and Jug and Betty's sex tape? What do you think? I don't know.
1: I was worried that Kevin's going to get into the weird kind of like video thing that Chick was
0: into, and it's going to get weird for him. Uh, Yeah, I I feel like there's got to be a connection there, right? Like, at the very least, there's got to be a connection between these tickling videotapes And the videotape that we still haven't followed up on of Betty and Jughead that happened in their room. Also, there is a video that there's just somebody
1: taping people's doors. Right.
0: I mean, that's the door pervert. Yeah. Which we'll find. Which could be the tickle pervert. Uh, Jughead should have uh, pitched that. Yeah. (laughs) My Baxter (laughs) Brothers mystery is the door pervert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They <laughs> would like, "Well, he's like it's from personal experience, so you know, do with it what you will." Ryan Hensler says, "Do you think Tony will get jealous of Cheryl's partnership with Veronica?" Yeah, because when they were dancing on the floor,
1: I was like, "Hey, Cheryl, don't get too comfortable there.
0: Girls can dance with girls, of course they can. They can do whatever they want, but I mean, you, know, no, you, you can't murder people in the show. What, you can, yeah, I'd get away with it, yeah. As they point out, several parents have murdered several other people, yeah." Uh, so, yeah, one dance is cool,
1: whatever. But, like, you know, if I'm dating someone and they're spending a lot of time with
0: somebody else, I'm going to be like, hey, you know it would be fun? If we hung out. I don't I don't think they're going to go that route. I mean, clearly Camila Mendez and Madeline Patch have a lot of chemistry on camera. They're fun to see together. I like the Cheryl Veronica pairing. Yep. Um, but I don't see it becoming romantic. Oh, it's not. I just think that the question
1: was, do you think. Tony will get a little jealous. And I was oh. like, yes.
0: Probably just of having lines. Oh. Uh, what too much? Yeah, it's way too far. why is that too fucked up? Let's she see. needs lines. She needs to get involved. Bring like if they're gonna have somebody run the Makeable Club, maybe get Tony to do it instead of your murderous mother in a mask, right? Sure. You seem very put off by this. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh this is from Issa Ring Box. Uh, says Betty will, mur- quote, murder Jughead so he's is free from actually being murdered by Brett and Heidi seconds that, which I didn't realize we did votes on Twitter that way, but I guess that's been uh, approved and ratified into the Riverdale After Dark Well, it's one of
1: those things where it's like, I don't want to get uh, murdered by some... Uh Douchebag named Brett. It's like you get <laughs> murdered by somebody you love. You know, like have evil Betty yeah. murdered. I
0: I think it's got to be more complicated than that. I think, I think we are heading towards some sort of mistake. I do get the sense that Brett might actually think that Betty murdered Jughead, but based on that, we're playing a bigger game line. I also think that. They're manipulating Brad, and they're trying to find out something bigger about the Baxter Brothers novels and Stonewall and these videotapes. Yeah. And there really is a connection. I hope all of because
1: these it's like I don't want this. You spent so much time trying to figure out this whole Baxter thing. I would be so happy if they took down Stonewall Prep, and that was the bigger thing that they were working on. Uh,
0: we'll see. I I mention this every episode, but I'm always a big fan of but connecting everything. I originally
1: thought Jughead was faking his own death for it to be. His novel to
0: kind of like work on like how hard it would be to kill yeah, somebody. Yeah, I think we're past that now, though. Well, well but I'm just, we'll I'm just... see. Uh, I like that theory for a while, but I feel like it's gotten too complicated for that. Yeah. Uh, this is from Michaela Taylor. Penelope be looking like the Phantom of the Opera at the yeah. end of tonight's <laughs> episode. And shout out to Cheryl for handling her mom the way she did. Wish they had kept some of the bughead kisses out and filling some plot gaps in Kevin's storyline. I don't know. I think a lot of the bughead kisses are to build it, build it, build it up—the intimacy, the connection between the two characters—so that ultimately, when at the end of there's an episode coming up called Ides of March, and I pretty strongly suspect that is going to end with the murder. That we're going to be like, no, they were so close. Why did this happen? Yeah. They were deeper and more in love than ever ever before, and that's what they're leading us up to. At least that's my uh, that's my suspicion. Uh, this is from Plea Pimani. My theory used to be that all of these... Oh, this is your theory, I think. Uh, all of these future scenes were part of Jughead's book that he's writing. We've seen it before where the kids all played their parents for the Midnight Club. But now with the new future scenes, I'm a little confused and don't know what to think. I for sure don't think Jughead dies. Are you still on the future story thing? I I I agree with this.
1: I don't think Jughead uh, actually dies. Um, I think it's just something
0: bigger. Uh, Dakota Cooter says, just a couple more here. Dakota Cooter says, I bet Betty will somehow get influenced by Brett's evilness and slowly go down the dark path to save what she loves by taking out whoever is in the way and indirectly kill what she loves through her madness or I accidentally watched Revenge of the Sith. I don't know anymore. Uh, if, at, if Betty shouts, I have the high ground at Jughead, I would be way into that. Yeah. or well, What is it, McCluckin'? she shouts that McClunky, that would, yeah McClunky, yeah she shouts McClunky. that would be rad yeah we'll do one more because i know you're checking your watch and you gotta do what the fuck bro I, dude we got a lot of tweets here just one more you'll like this one this is from Bia. bughead is endgame. what do you think pete why are you being you're all bughead all the time i know i had to i was like wait it because
1: you like to try to trick me, and I was making sure that means... Oh, there wasn't more to the tweet? Yeah, yeah. Like, Bughead is Endgame not? I don't know if... or uh, Like a classic Austin yeah, Powers, Wade's
0: World type I, thing?
1: I love the fact that they lean on Betty and Jughead. They're the kind of the main people in the show, and their relationship kind of drives everything. And if you fuck that up, you're fucking
0: the show up. They're definitely... Getting closer to the thing that I think they're doing, which is a fake Barchi relationship to freak out fans of Bughead, freak out fans of Barchi, finally hit that note that they've been wanting to hit for seasons, but that it is, my suspicion is, it is a ruse hiding something else. Jughead, of course, is not dead, and they are trying to find out whatever this greater evil is and take it down. Yeah. That's my suspicion. I hope, so. I hope you're right, buddy. We'll see what happens. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Pete, thanks for hanging out on this bed and letting me shoot this tickle video later. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash comic book club. If you'd like to support this show, we have a $5,000 level. do the
1: who won the episode?
0: Oh, I, I thought you had to go. I do have to go. All right. But who won the episode, Pete? Buddy. All day. <laughs> Err day. You just wanted to say that. I did. It's been too long. Five. Who do you think won? Who, do, who won the episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I got to go with Betty as well. She literally won the episode right before she lost, and yeah. she was so great throughout. Um, I did also like the just stuff the Jughead was doing. I
1: also really like Dr. Beaker. Dr. I really Beaker. hope Dr. Beaker becomes a bigger part of the show. I want to see
0: Dr. Beaker team up with Dr. Kurtle for Dr. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> doctor. Doctor, 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 Doctor. I think that would be great. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show. Of course, as I mentioned, $5,000 level. We'll send you a private video. <laughs> oh, my God. Find. Stop. Comic Book Club. We do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will tickle you or whatever you want. No, don't promise that. That's We have a bunch of social outlets at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. <laughs> Did what? you say Instagram? It's the GAMs. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we got some real long oh legs oh there, Pete. Awuga, awuga, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Never. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And please do comment on iTunes, in particular, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many, many more. And we'll see you after dark.